the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, on today's program, we are pleased to have join us the senior pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay. He is Reverend Paul Pimtel. And Reverend Paul, great to have you with us today. It's great to be here. It's an honor. And uh, we are truly blessed to be on your radio station. Pastor Pimentel, I want to talk a bit about what God is doing in your life and in your ministry, what God is doing in the church here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. And I think that it's healthy for the body of Christ every once in a while to kind of go in and get a checkup. You know, they say that you should see your doctor at least once a year and get a sense of how the, the heart is and where you're at physically so that adjustments can be made along the way. And I think that's equally true when it comes to ministry and, and certainly where we are in our relationship with Christ. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I was thinking earlier today before we came on the radio about the name of your ministry, Kingdom Culture East Bay. And I thought, you know, um, Kingdom Culture, or more specifically put, Kingdom Building, um, is, mm. is a theme that kind of runs down below, just below the surface everywhere seemingly these these days, although quite often it's in a very different context, I'm sure, than your ministry, meaning that we see a movement afoot that tends to focus on kingdom building, small k. They might be political kingdoms. They might be economic kingdoms. They might be kingdoms that benefit some but exclude others. But let's talk for a moment about kingdom in the context of what God wants us to be doing as a part of his kingdom and building not our kingdom, small K, but his kingdom, large K. Yes, kingdom culture with the name that I came up with about 20 years ago, because we just changed the name from our church. It used to be uh, Mission Hills Christian Fellowship. But during the COVID season, uh, with all the spiritual battles that were going on, our church being closed down like many churches, uh, we, we we did go through a lot of different times. And it was a great time for me to spend with the Lord during that season and uh, get to hear God. And one of the things that he prompted my spirit to do was to change our name to Kingdom Culture because of the culture battles that were going on, not just in America, but around the world, the, the battle that is uh, going on is global. Uh, I travel around the world a lot, missionary-wise, and I see the same battles everywhere. The enemy, he's the same everywhere. He's doing the same tactics and battles. So when it came to kingdom culture, uh, I felt very strongly to change the name because I believe that the, the kingdom of God it was one of, if not, uh, Jesus' priority. You know, his first statement after he got baptized was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And not only at hand, but it was in you. And I started to understand and learn that uh, most of our churches don't understand the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. Uh, we're supposed to be like Jesus. You know, what would Jesus do? That that was years ago when they brought that slogan out. What would he do? And, and they, they, they uh, marketed it. Whoever did it did pretty good financially. But uh, as a pastor in the Bay Area for 34, 35 years, uh, I've seen the battle of people trying to 
change their lives and become like Christ, the culture of Christ. And uh, my aim is that we disciple people, we win them for the Lord, and we show them how to be kingdom-minded, kingdom lifestyle, walking by faith, being spiritual, uh, not being conformed to the world, but being conformed to the kingdom. And uh, it's been an amazing uh what, a couple of years since COVID, year and a half? Uh, it, it had exploded our ministry here in Hayward just by changing the name to Kingdom Culture. It has captivated people as they drive by the, the building. Uh, we're on one of the main uh, arteries in Hayward. They call it the Gateway. And uh, so people drive by. And uh, it's such a powerful move, my brother Fred, that, that when they see the sign, they stop and they go, what is Kingdom Culture? And they actually come, and when they come into the service and uh, they, they see the atmosphere of, of the Holy Spirit in the church, they, they see the joy, the love. And, uh, and again, we're experiencing such a movement of young folks coming in. Uh, they, they not only come to look, but they stay. It's becoming a soul-winning uh, tool just to sign, and, and then the Lord just moving with that. It's been a tremendous time, uh, Brother Fred. I'm, I'm so in awe of what God is doing with us because I've been here for a while in Hayward. And I've experienced some good moves, but nothing like today. The the movement that God is doing in the Bay Area, he has really uh, actually blown me away. I'm saying, Lord, this is amazing what you're doing because I didn't think it was going to work anymore after COVID. Like you said, many folks have left. I lost all my leadership, my worship team, my ushers, my, my assistant pastors. They all moved to Texas, Arizona, Florida. And I actually prayed and I asked the Lord, is it okay if I quit? I think I'm done. I'm in my 60s. I'm a little tired. And uh, I think I've done a good job here, Lord. And uh, I think it's time for me to pull up my, my tent and move on. And the Lord spoke to me and said, no, you're not. I'm not done with you. And like Moses, I, I asked him, what's the plan? I don't know if I want to rebuild again. I'm not sure if I have that energy. You know, it's a lot to build a church. Plus, I own a business. I, I own a business. And uh, these have been a lot of time uh, taken in my life. So so the Lord said, yeah, I got the plan for you, son. I go, okay, Lord, what is it? He said, be patient. Now, patience is not one of my best virtues. <laughs> I'm a man that likes to go into action. Uh, I'm energetic. Uh, I'm kind of... And self-control too. So uh, being patient is not always a good virtue, but but uh, it was so true. I didn't see what was coming, um, but when it came, uh, it has more than uh, took me into places that I never thought was going to happen again to me, my ministry, and our church, and what's happening. I think what's encouraging, Pastor Pimentel, about what you're sharing is that there is oftentimes this, this growing sense of Frustration, I think, uh, within the church, this sense that, well, there is a diminishing sense of spirituality. There is a diminishing sense of respect. We have fewer and fewer people, certainly post-COVID, that are actively engaged in church attendance. And my goodness, take a look at the world around you. I mean, you don't even need to leave the house to just get a yeah. sense of what's going on in terms of the deterioration of our society today. And yet what you're suggesting is that there remains that sense of spirituality spiritual thirst and spiritual hunger that, well, perhaps some individuals can't identify 
that longing or that yearning. But nevertheless, I believe that there is kind of that God-shaped vacuum in each of our lives that only walking in relationship and fellowship with him can satisfy. Now, folks may turn to Eastern religion, mysticism. They may turn to money. They might even turn to drugs, all in an effort to have that sense of, of completeness and fulfillment in life. And yet once they encounter the living Jesus Christ and they make that connection, then we see lives changed, communities revolutionized. And mm-hmm. I believe we're still on the cusp of, of a great awakening. I, 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 you know, a lot of people like to say, this is it. It's over with. He's coming. He's not happy with any of us. Watch out for God's judgment. And while there's, there's certainly a good dose of truth to that. Yes. I think first and foremost, the church needs to be ready to strengthen its tent stakes and be prepared for a last, perhaps, great harvest. And, you know, Scripture reminds us the fields are white already under harvest. The problem, of course, is the laborers are few. But I'm encouraged to see that at least in the life and ministry of Kingdom Culture East Bay, that sense of awareness of what the Holy Spirit is doing and the good things that God has yet in store for us. Because at the end of the day, let's face it, this is not about building my personal kingdom. It's about building his kingdom and about the church coming together, laboring in a fashion that we glorify him, raise his name up, and make disciples. And sadly, I think the church sometimes gets distracted from that. And while it's easy to say, well, the world is all about building their financial kingdom, their kingdoms of power and influence, uh, there's a fair share of that, sadly, that happens inside of the church, too, I'm afraid. And, and you're correct. Everything you said there, it's, I agree with you're correct. Uh, you know, I just returned from a mission trip from Barcelona, Spain. I have a young friend that just completed his second year uh, of missionary in Barcelona, my first time going, and I was honored to uh, preach his second year anniversary service. And uh, what I saw there in this city that is not God driven, it's it's paganism there, there's sin there. Uh, I mean, I likened it almost like to the Bay Area, very, very wild and crazy. But I saw his church, what he's doing, he's growing, he loves to go to the street and reach, preach and witness. And I, his name is Ralph. And I go, Pastor Ralph. So, so what is the key for your growth? He says, you know, Pastor Paul, the Bible says, if you preach the gospel, if you preach the good news, I will draw all men onto me. And you're correct. Cause I think sometimes we lose focus of our vision or, or what we're called to do. It says, go ye into the highways and byways, make disciples, teach them the good news. And I think we get caught up with, with all the extra things that, you know, get caught up in our natural minds. And I'm finding out if you're not spiritually connected and you're not hearing the Lord, it's easy, very easy to go your own way. And, and it may seem right, but the reality is, is uh, it's not what God wants. And, and hearing him say that, preach the gospel. I've always believed that, you know, we, we, we know that. But sometimes, like you said, you have to get refreshed. It was like a, a new revelation, though I've known it forever. And, and I brought it back home, and I said, Church, this is the key, the gospel. I held up my Bible. This is the key right here. We preach it. We preach the gospel. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
It has left everything we need to make our Christianity work. It's right here in the in the gospel, and we are we are taking the gospel to the streets, to the to the nations. Everywhere we go, we preach Jesus Christ. I am awakened, like you said again, in my years of sixty eight years, forty some years of ministry. I feel so refreshed right now for what God is doing. I believe an effectual door is open in the Bay Area, but you hit the mark. The laborers are few, but I do see new ones coming in. I I didn't get very many people back from my church when they left, but I have to tell you, our church is larger now in number. We have more people coming in now. We're thinking two services, a new building. There's a flood coming in. We see it coming in. God's speaking to us. It's all because we're preaching the gospel. We're teaching them love. The Bible says they will know you by your love. And we're, we're, we're getting this love of God. To help the lost, to help the young. These young ones are lost. They're they're depressed, frustrated, many suicides going on. And these folks that are coming in, Brother Fred, they never heard the gospel. I am amazed that in the Bay Area, with all the social media, with all we have, these folks have not heard the gospel. And man, they're coming in and we're teaching them just the elementary basic gospel that Jesus loves you. Just that is, is, is making these people just get rooted, that somebody cares for me. Somebody loves me, and they're hungry. And the remnant, the remnant that stayed, our God is using them with their gifts, their abilities, the crafts to help teach and build God's kingdom. We are building the kingdom of God in Hayward in the Bay Area, and the Bible says the gates of hell will not stop it. It's not going to stop it. And you know, at the end of the day, when we really get to the heart of of returning to our first love hmm. and preaching the effective, fervent power of the gospel to change lives. Well, if you just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Pimentel, Senior Pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our discussion in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. We're visiting today with the senior pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay, Reverend Paul Pimentel. Pastor Pimentel, let's pick up where we left off a moment ago. I think when people see the love of Christ demonstrated, you know, we are essentially his representatives here on earth now. It's interesting because God sent his son to be his representative, and now he has anointed us through his Holy Spirit to in turn continue to that next layer of being his representatives. And when you think about the fact that just 12 guys completely Mm. revolutionized the world, they didn't have the benefit of getting television ads. They weren't interviewed on any of the networks. They didn't set up a website. They didn't have social media (laughs) followers. They weren't influencers of any sort. In fact, if you look at most of the people uh, of the group that wound up planting the seeds of the first century church, most of these guys, I would think, had they presented their resume before a pulpit committee, would have all been completely turned down. It's like, oh, no, this group of losers, no well, not at all. But it demonstrates then that it was not under their power, but under his power. And that Amen. same power is available to us as the church. I think, sadly, though, oftentimes we've kind of we've kind of set that by the wayside. We've almost suggested to God, well, I know, God, you've got a plan, but I've given this some thought. I've got an even better plan. And we think it's about the fancy stage, the big, powerful music, the big names that come in to sing. We almost treat church like putting on a stage production instead of just simply worshiping him, preaching his word, and allowing the Holy Spirit 
to be the Holy Spirit. And I believe if we do that, we are able to harness the same power that gave rise to the foundation of the first century church and experience the same presence of God, the same power of God, the same love of God, the same miracle of God's in the church even to this very day. It's interesting, you, you mentioned about the church, the fact that your church is heavily involved in overseas missions. You have a presence in the Philippines, Hong Kong, South Africa, Spain, you mentioned, other locations yes. in Mexico, Costa Rica. And I would suspect in every one of those cases, God is doing things there that were they to happen here would seem to be completely foreign and out of context, almost unbelievable, and yet entirely believable because it is a replication of the first century church. And when you see that kind of power moving, I I believe all we lack today is the ability to trust God, surrender Mm. to him, and really learn what it means to make true, to be a disciple and to make a disciple. And if we can figure out those basics, I think the very movement of God that we see taking place in so many places around the world, where even a place like communist China, it's illegal to preach the word publicly. Churches are all controlled by the government. You can't have public crusades. There are zero Christian radio stations in communist China. You can't even baptize children in communist China. And yet... The reports that we're receiving are indicating as many as 10,000 people a day are bending knee to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Absent of all the stuff that we in the West think is absolutely necessary in order for ministry to take place. I think it's indicative of what we're lacking here in, in, in the church in the West is simple trust, surrender, and what it means to truly be disciples. And I agree with you because uh, I love America. I'm glad I'm American. My dad came from Mexico. My mom, Latina, and uh, he became a citizen. And I'm an American citizen. When I travel the world, yeah, it's it's nice, but there's nothing like America. God has truly blessed America. But with that, uh, we have a tendency to forget God because of the blessings. You, you read about, you know, the Israelites. That was your problem. They would call upon the Lord. He would deliver them. He would bless them. And then they would forget about him. They would go after foreign gods and they would not believe him. And then they would go into bondage. We, we kind of have a replica here in America where we're so blessed. And I believe we're in a season where uh, COVID and before COVID, I would go overseas and I would see what you say. I would see the basic powerful move of God in the Philippines, in South Africa, in Mexico City. All these Costa Rica. I would see all these people. They don't have what we have. We are so blessed with everything. They don't have that. So their 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 vision, their goal is to become the ministries. The Philippines, you become an usher. It, it's honorable. You become a pastor. My goodness, you're you're royalty. And and we forget that in America again because I think we're so distracted. We have so much sometimes. We can become ungrateful. I know I have fallen there, and I've had to repent. God, I'm sorry. COVID was the time that I believe if you were to spend time with God, God would have revealed all those things to us. I had a season of repenting. I just repented before God for 24 months. God, I am so sorry, God, as a pastor, and we have done good. But God showed me you could have done this. And and today he's renewed me. He's changed me. I feel such a love and I see a hunger for God. And it's all because, you know, when I go overseas, I come back refreshed. and I go, God, I pray for America. God, help America. 
help our nation, help our, 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 our governors, our president, help them, Father. But it won't do anything if the church doesn't get involved. And it's kind of difficult because I think sometimes the church has drank the Kool-Aid regarding the, the governmental responsibilities that we're supposed to have and we don't have. You know, if I ran for state senate uh, last election, June 22nd. I ran for office, not because I wanted visibility or power for me, but I'm tired of the laws that are coming out from Sacramento, the laws against the family, against the children. They're actually evil. And I, I ran for office because I wanted to make a difference. And I said, Lord, the Lord had me do this. It was a challenging time. It was crazy. But I learned so much. And, and, and one of the things that I learned was the church is so ignorant of what the enemy is doing and how he's using the political arena to do his work. There's other arenas, but the political arena in our, in our nation is not a good place right now. And our churches have to wake up. They wake up in that. And then we need to go before God and lift up our nation. Because our nation that at a perilous time, we are at a perilous time in our nation. And, and uh, we love America. It's the freedom that we have to worship, the freedom. And those are starting to be taken away from us, I believe. And so doing all of these things with the Holy Ghost leading us, we're, we're bringing the gospel, we're bringing the power. We want life change. We want communities to change. We want our state to be changed, our country to come back to godless America. That's what we want. Yeah, and, freedom and, of the Holy Ghost. And really at the core, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, because we are a nation that is self-governed, yes, being involved in political life, either running as a candidate, making sure you show up the elections and vote, I mean, we're kind of unique in that sense. I, I, yeah. I, I hearken back to uh, the statement that Lincoln made in the Gettysburg Address, government of, by, and for the people. So I think it's right, proper, and good to be engaged at that level in that process of self-governance, that we have a say-so in how our nation is governed. Well, if you just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Pimentel, Senior Pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our discussion in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. We're visiting today with a senior pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay, Reverend Paul Pimentel. Pastor Pimentel, let me pivot back to our discussion. If we're talking about changing the direction of the nation, if we're fundamentally looking at a desire to see heart change, I think we're we're perhaps a little bit, um, how should I say, uh, being deceived by the enemy is we think that heart change takes place when we have change at the ballot box. Mm, But that's not what the word says. If you want to change your heart, you have to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Yes. And as much as is there a longing to make America great again? Sure. Although I have to wonder what that means and what period of time, because you look down through history, we've had a lot of rough moments. And maybe there have been some moments that some groups did better than others. So it's a little bit difficult to pin down exactly what we mean by that, because I think everybody has in their own mind a definition of what that looks like. But at the end of the day, as much as making America great again might have a degree of ambiguity about it, here's one thing that I think we can all agree upon, certainly from a biblical perspective is, and that is what we really need to do to see America become great again is for America, catch this, to become godly again if we put god first 
and we begin to truly experience repentance. If that Second Chronicles seven fourteen is preached yes. to the understanding that the judgment that is coming starts first in the house of the Lord. You know, That's I find correct. it interesting. We oftentimes think, oh, all of those evil, wicked people out there. Why are we surprised when the unregenerate behave like that? It's when sin creeps into the church or when the church starts building kingdoms with a small K, a fiefdom yes. for me, as opposed to a large K, his kingdom. Then I think we get ourselves into trouble. And if we really want to see this nation turn about, I think it needs to take place, yes, in part at the ballot box. Yes. But first and foremost, it needs to take place on our knees. Would you agree? I agree because that's what I learned. That's what I learned because I, I asked God, why did you have me do this? Because this was Lord ordained to do. And after I did this, I didn't go on to do it. I learned that exactly what you said. Yes, it's good to have that. But, but unless that heart is regenerated. And, and this is why the passion that got put into me after that, because that was during COVID time. And, and, and praying to God, you know, seeking these questions. And you're absolutely right. It has to be in the kingdom of God. It has to be in the church. The heart has to change. That is the key. Not the political realm and the, and the realm of men and what you talked about right now, but where people coming in, repenting. And this is why it said the first four or five months we came up open church, all we did was repent. We just repented. God, we're just so sorry, Lord. We came to the altar of repentance, and uh, I brought the 12 or 10 people that were coming. That was all we had left at the beginning. And uh, we would just fall on our knees and just repent and repent. I agree. Chronicles 7, 14, that was, that was our our scripture. And you said it, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye. God has always given me that, that verse. Ever since I got born again, somehow that verse was, 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 was put into my spirit. Not understanding what it meant, but I've always carried that verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all will be added unto you. I live by that scripture. And during that season, when I, I did that, I learned, you're correct. It has to be in the church. The people have to come. The believer has to get more committed to the Lord, fall more in love with the Lord, get to know him. Because he said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you knock, it will open for you. If you ask, I will answer you. And sometimes we get so busy with everything else, we forget about that. We're in a season of preaching the gospel, uh, Brother Fred. We're in the season of making disciples. We're in the season, like you said, is revival, and we're looking for laborers to come because the harvest is truly, truly ready. And we're excited what God's going to do. Every service I pray, Lord, who are you bringing in today? Every service he's bringing somebody new, two or three people. Every service there's someone getting saved. Every service we're, we're seeing people liberated from sin, liberated from bondages that they've been carrying. And, and we're watching the Holy Spirit just orchestrate a power in the church that to me, it is so exciting to see the gospel alive in the church. This is the life. And we're experiencing the book of Acts, I believe, the church right now. It's here. One of the things I think that is encouraging in terms of what I've learned that God is doing at Kingdom Culture East Bay, and that is that part of this revival to which you're speaking, uh, Pastor Pimentel, is a revival taking place in the hearts of young people. And yes. I think that that is so critical because, I, you know, it, it's easy for us to write off 
the younger generation. We see what's going on with the impact and influence of, of social media. We see the direction that they're headed in, in their behavior and their attitudes. Oftentimes, these surveys that are put out by organizations like the George Barna Group or uh, by the Gallup polls that suggest, well, young people, they're, they're in the nuns category, meaning they have no interest in faith or religion whatsoever. And then we pick up the newspaper and see that a flash mob of 30 young people all attacked a, a, an upscale department store and robbed it of $30,000 worth of goods yeah. uh, in, in a massive coordinated attack. And I think we stand back and scratch our head and say, what's happening to young people today? Is this going to be the lost generation? And yet what you're suggesting is that there are examples where, well, that may indeed be going on in the world in the flesh. But God has not abandoned young people today, and yeah. you are seeing a revival of sorts amongst young people in your congregation. Tell us about that. We, we, we like I said, they just started walking in, 17-year-olds, 15-year-olds. They would come alone, and we would ask them, how, how did you hear about the church? They said, well, God had me here. I go, do you know the Lord? They didn't even know the gospel yet. They weren't even born again. And they're walking in. You're, you had 27-year-olds, and they just started coming in like a flood. And, and uh, we just had a youth camp. We sent 33 youth, 33 youth to a camp of 200. We had the biggest group. Wow. They went to Southern California. My church, we rented two vans. Uh, we paid the church. The people are so fired up that every one of those youth was sponsored. $225 each. They were sponsored. They didn't have to pay anything. The church raised the money. They, they, they worked. They did some sales. They did some things. But they raised $8,000 to go to this camp. And they came, They went like a lot of folk. They didn't know each other. But when they came back, these youth were bonded. They have now become friends. They made a new chat line where over hundreds of messages a day are being shared with these now since they come back from the camp. They got excited with the gospel. They got excited. But one thing they did is the fellowship. I'm telling you, the kononia that they came in now, I am seeing the key to the church now. It's been separated. These people have gone. They need to come back and start to experience the kononia, the fellowship of the kingdom, of the church. They are so in love with each other now. We're having to add more services for them because they need to be together. We're gonna we're capturing the time. You know the statement, strike when the iron's hot. The iron is hot right now. Revival is here, and they're bringing in friends. They're bringing in friends. This is causing the adults to rise up. It, 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 it's like a tsunami. It's a domino effect, even for the parents coming in, because these kids, they didn't know the Lord. The parents are coming in and go, what is my kid doing? We're so amazed. We're thanking you. They're coming to church now because the youth are getting locked in. They're hungry. So it's amazing. There's so much youth coming in. And, and again, I had to repent. I thought they were dead, too. I read the post. I believe what they said. But God said, let me show you what my power and love can do. And he's showing me. I'm, I'm telling you, it is amazing. I keep using the word amazing. I'm in awe. Awe is the word of our Lord. He just never stops to amaze how true his word is. If only you can believe. If only you can trust. Like he said, key words. If only you can become faithful. Faithful to his church. Faithful to him, his kingdom. Faithful where he puts you. Don't be a complainer. Be a problem solver. Be a soul winner. That's what he wants, soul winners. And I, I, I'm, I'm blessed that we're doing that. I'm so blessed. 
Well, if you just joined the conversation, we're visiting today with Pastor Paul Pimentel, Senior Pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our discussion in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. We're visiting today with a senior pastor of Kingdom Culture East Bay, Reverend Paul Pimentel. Pastor Pimentel, let me pivot back to our discussion and ask you this. For other pastors that may be eavesdropping on our conversation, and they are today where your church was a couple of years ago. Post-COVID, they're feeling discouraged, beaten down. The attendance has been reduced significantly. There's a lot of discouragement. They're looking at what's going on in the culture around us with violence on the streets, political infighting, uh, all of this taking place, whether it be in, in East San Jose or Oakland or San Francisco. It seems like you can't avoid it even even to get on the freeway. You might take your hands, uh, your, your, your life in your hands, not because somebody might rear end you, but because somebody might shoot you. And so yeah. to that person that's feeling, that pastor who's feeling downtrodden and discouraged right now, what would you say to that pastor? I would say what God told me. I was just here too. I wanted to quit. I felt like Elijah in the cave. I felt I was in the cave alone. That's what COVID did for me. It put me in my cage. And I met God there. Number one, you need to get a hold of God like never before. I, I've always prayed. I've been doing this for a long time, but never like this. I believe it's a critical time for our pastors, our ministers. And I believe a lot of us need to get refreshed by him first. I, I know we want people to come, but unless we're refreshed, we're discouraged, we're frustrated. How can we lead like that? We're going, to, we're going to share that to our congregation. My first thing would then would be, if you haven't, get more time with him. Spend a lot of time with him. Be honest with the Lord. Let, let him strip you down of all your pride and your, your humility. We're not failures. We're not failures because we belong to the Lord. We're just in the season of God was redirecting us. We did that. Then, as we came back, we fought that spirit of fear. Because it was pretty evident in our churches. Fear. Uh, anger, frustrations. We had a lot of people die. My pastor died uh, during COVID. And, you know, we lost a lot of friends. And you know, there was a lot of questions. And uh, you have to come to a place. And the word that you said was, you got to trust God. You got to trust him. And as we spent time with the Lord, I got to hear him like I never heard him before. But what I learned more after that was we had to start fellowshipping. The Bible says the church was built by going door to door sharing meals, praying for one another, seeing you. We weren't doing that. We were isolated. We had been taught for a year and a half, isolation. Watch out for the cooties. You don't know who has it. So so we were all afraid, even in the church. And so we would do our service, and we would follow the rules of six feet, mask, and everything. And one Sunday, I said, that's it. We're done, we're, we're done with this. No more fear. We, we took the mask off. We, we, we took out the signs of separation, and we started fellowshipping. To us, that was the key. Once we started spending time with the people, started to hear, this is what God saw in our heart. We were ready now for the people to come in because it was no longer about us. It was no longer about what we were, where we were at. Now it's about the kingdom. It's about his sheep. He told me these words. If you love me, love my sheep. If you love me, take care of my sheep. If you love me, tend my sheep. I found out this season. It's all about the sheep. It's all about the sheep. They're so precious to the Lord. 
And there's scripture that says, do not harm him, do not come against him, do not shoot him away. Once we started focusing on the people of us, our feelings, our emotions, what we went through, what we believe, what we went and we did what God wanted, that started the revival. That started the flood coming in. The Lord said, okay, now you care about my people, I'm going to bring them in. I believe that's the key. No more caring about my feelings. It's his church. We will build your church, Lord. We will love your sheep. We'll preach them. And we're here for them. And it's revolutionized us. It's just a simple fellowship. It really is, at the end of the day, about building his kingdom, capital K, and, and yes. learning what kingdom culture is is all about and it's it's different Amen. from you know we think of culture in terms of well it may be a language it can be styles of dress it can be food it can be the way we communicate all of that and while that certainly is true when we talk about cultures within humanity there's yes. a different culture but a culture, nevertheless, when it comes to kingdom culture, that is focused on him, that is representative of him, that is emulating of him. And at the end of the day, Pastor, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you think about the fact that God so loved the world, right? John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, but all should have everlasting life. Why? Because God wants to walk in fellowship in intimacy with every one of us and so i think that suggests a stripping away of all of the things that can divide us that can distract us that can discourage us and focusing singularly on the personality of jesus christ who he is how we live and emulate him and of course how we serve our lord and if we can truly capture the essence of what that means um, and really learn to repent, surrender, and then be disciples who in turn make disciples, then yes. I think we can truly experience what real revival is all about. And what better place for it to start than the San Francisco Bay Area? This is the Amen. place where they Come would on. least expect it to happen. But, of course, God <laughs> loves to confound the wise. Right? Um, for folks that are I new agree. to the Bay Area, Pastor Pimentel, they'd like to get more information about what God is doing at Kingdom Culture East Bay. It, take a moment, if you would, just kind of give us a snapshot of church life at Kingdom Culture East Bay. Well, first of all, thank you very much for this time. I really appreciate it. We're very honored to be not only speaking to you, but all your listeners we're grateful for that. We are a multicultural church. We have different cultures. And we're all assimilating to the kingdom culture. As we pray, let your will be done on earth and it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. We, as of right now, we've been rebuilding after COVID and we're establishing new leadership as we're training new leadership. Uh, we, we have our church as of right now, our service at 1030 on Sunday morning. Uh, at uh, 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning uh, in Hayward. Our, our address is 29952 Mission Boulevard in Hayward, California. Now, we are in the process of rebuilding, so we're adding more youth services. We're in the process of uh, putting in a midweek service again, probably starting next month. 
on Wednesday night for adults and whoever wants to come. It's open to anybody. We teach. Uh, we're a working church. I'm a working pastor by vocational. Uh, God has never let me quit. He continues to give me the strength to continue. So I understand if you have to work, we don't try to keep you long during the week, but long enough to receive the gospel and what God wants for you. Uh, we are doing water baptisms coming up. Uh, we have men's and women's retreats coming up. Uh, we do a lot uh, for our church, keeping our people uh uh, alive in the gospel. We always have revivals. Uh, uh, we have men's meetings. So we're, we're generating a lot, a lot of, uh, of not just programs, but bringing in folks to even help build. There's a lot of good people. You know, I have four brothers who are pastors, uh, three brothers who are pastors. God got them when he got me. He got them too. And sometimes they'll come in and preach or we'll go and we've traveled the world together. God, amazing what the Lord has done. But anyway, uh, we're a church that's alive. We, 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 we will love you. We will do the best we can to teach you the gospel. And if you're looking for a church, a kingdom culture, East Bay, we're alive. And uh, if God wants you here, come, come and visit. And uh, we say this, drink of the well and you'll thirst no more if you come to kingdom culture. 29952 Mission Boulevard in Hayward. Sunday services at 10 a.m. And for more information, you can call the church directly at area code 510-441-7700. That's 510-441-7700. Or even still online at kingdomcultureeastbay.com. That's kingdomcultureeastbay.com. And our thanks to Pastor Reverend Paul Pimentel for being with us today. Pastor Paul, thanks so much for the time. It's exciting. Exciting to hear what God is doing, and we're going to continue to pray that the Holy Spirit just come in like a flood and really do some mm. exciting things at Kingdom Culture East Bay. Again, thank you very much. We appreciate this time. The honor of being chosen. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Pimentel. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to KFAX.com. That's KFAX.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.